Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. How much better does it get? Second, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever your audience is tuning in, your podcast will be there. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Look at us. We have less than 100 listeners per episode, yet we still make money on ads. Granted, it's not a lot, but we still make money. And finally, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. That's anchor, the thing you throw off your boat, .fm to get started. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast, and we've got some exciting news, very exciting news. Ben DiNucci has been benched. Very actually disappointing news for us, but uh, maybe exciting for his bones, um, which won't break against the Steelers defense. Jack, how are you, and how are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on Ben DiNucci no longer being the Dallas Cowboys starting quarterback? I'm good. I'm great. I'm sad about that because our Twitter engagement was out of this world the one night that he started a football game. Um, we'll probably live tweet and get a couple like funny tweets in if he gets any shots on the sideline. Um, but it is probably good for him overall that he got benched just because I saw a stat. I, I believe the Steelers are the first team in NFL history to record three sacks in a turnover in their first seven games in a season. So Danucci would have, I mean, Danucci would have gone out there and gotten pancaked. But I do want to say this. He played terribly on Sunday night. Like, there's no way around it. He played absolutely terribly. But he did have more yards and less turnovers than Carson Wentz. He did some nice things at times, but yeah, I think – He's clearly, you know, I mean, he's a seventh round pick, third string guy who was kind of thrown into a tough situation. So it makes sense that he struggled. But also, Dallas, you're still sort of weirdly enough in the division hunt. So I think it makes sense to go with a Garrett Gilbert or a Cooper Rush who have been around a little longer. They've been in the professional ranks. I think they'll give him a better chance. I still think they're going to lose, obviously, the Steelers. But Danucci really struggled. Yeah, I don't know if it necessarily will give him a better chance, but it'll give him a chance. Like, I just don't think <laughs> – I guess we can just jump into it. My my question is going to be: Is it was it a mistake to bench him now after just one game of seeing it, or or do you think he should have had another chance out there? I mean, they see him in practice every day. He <laughs> fumbled I don't twice. Know, I forget when he, about practice. <laughs> when he was was knocked down, um, he threw like a few passes that should have been intercepted. He had like one he threw from like below his waist um, on the sideline that he, like threw back with that weird. <clears throat> sidearm thing yeah Mahomes dream uh, he looked a little bit <laughs> <laughs> he, looked, <laughs> he would have done like no look passes this weekend if he was in he looked a little bit lost at times so I think for him if you want to develop him as like a career backup it's probably good for him to not just get annihilated each week I think you develop him let him learn the system maybe gain confidence um yeah I mean Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush I don't expect them to be great 
but I think Gilbert was like decent at the AAF level, which hey. is still probably it's still more than what Danucci's done at the pro level. So I think there, if Gilbert goes, I think there's a little bit more potential there, and I think it's okay for Ben to, to sit out and learn and hopefully try to stay in the NFL going into the off season. Garrett Gilbert, Garrett Gilbert, AAF MVP when their season went under. He's a good football player, and. Um, I don't think he'll do well because the oh, Cowboys no. are in kind of a terrible spot. And the Steelers, yeah. as you mentioned, that was a pretty good stat that you had pulled out there. Very impressive. The other one that's interesting is the Steelers are undefeated. That's a stat that a lot of people are forgetting. Are they? They have not lost a game. They, Who is forgetting <laughs> that? A lot of people are forgetting it. They're undefeated this fall. So I don't like Dallas's chances. But, but I think it's okay for Danucci to not start. It's not the end of the world. I... I think here's a hot take that doesn't have to do anything about Danucci lightning round or whatever. I think the Steelers are not a true Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they're kind of a fraudulent undefeated. I think they have weaknesses, but I think I think they just have a really good defense that creates turnovers. Whatever. We'll get in. I guess we'll get into that it'll later be, on in the season. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see how they do the rest of the way. I still think anytime you're in the AFC uh, pretty much run th- runs through Cleveland, um, Kansas City too. But I think Baker Mayfield, the confidence that he has, what they've developed, and I know that they've oh the Steelers blew him out, oh the Ravens blew him out. It's not about results; it's about energy. It's about how many State Farm commercials you can get in. So I like, I like yeah, <laughs> I like Cleveland the rest of the way personally. But all right, should we jump into this lightning round? Yeah, I guess that was kind of our first one with the Ben DiNucci question. Was it a mistake to bench him? And we both kind of said. Well, you said no. Uh, yeah, mine's no, too. It, just because of the Steelers. The Steelers, I just want to say this real quick. The Steelers would eat him alive with him out there. Like, with his indecisions, with his poor decision-making and everything, like, the second he gets the ball in the pocket, they're going to be in his lap. And I wouldn't be surprised if he played against the Steelers and he had, like, four fumbles. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's, <laughs> that's a fair assessment. Okay, your next question? Yes. So my question, we've got a lot of college football playoff contenders competing in marquee matchups this weekend. So I'm gonna list a few off. I want you to tell me I want you to tell me your favorite your favorite matchup. I am sorry with BYU. BYU Boise State Friday night blue turf. It's an interesting one. We've got Florida, Georgia on Saturday. We've got Liberty, Virginia Tech. And the other one that really stands out, obviously, is Clemson-Notre Dame. So which one of those? And I think, just to clarify, the Liberty-Virginia Tech, I think the Flames right now are, are probably a uh, college football favorite. I think they'd be the one seed if the season ended today. You know uh, up against... <laughs> You know what that spread is? Yeah, it's 14 or whatever for Tech, right? It yeah. started, though, it started at, like, 19. It opened at 19. So Liberty is – people are realizing, hey, this is a – a college football playoff contender like let's let's get our, our thoughts in here yeah exactly and virginia tech just had that terrible loss against wake forest but they did bounce back against louisville which now has coronavirus all over it what was it florida georgia and yep well clemson, i'm gonna get notre into dame. clemson notre dame with my next question and i don't think that's the marquee okay. matchup for the main reason because trevor lawrence isn't playing um okay i think florida georgia is kind of that marquee matchup like a very good offense with tight end Kyle Pitts and quarterback Kyle Trask who have combined for like 1,000 touchdowns this season 
I think that's going to be really fun against a really good Georgia defense. The key to that being a good game, though, is if Stetson Bennett has a good game. Because Stetson Bennett has played terribly, I think, five interceptions over his last two games. Um, so he's not representing the Bennett name well. Um, but I do think that SEC game is kind of the one I have circled. <clears throat> um, followed by that would be the BYU-Boise State because it's on blue turf. Um, Liberty, Virginia Tech would be the third place one. And then Clemson, Notre Dame. Even though I think that has a lot of college football implications, <laughs> I just, I don't know how I feel about that game. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I'm pretty excited for the one BYU Boise State just because it's on a Friday night and uh, I didn't know it was happening until I asked the question. Did you? <laughs> so I'm pretty excited about that. Did you see the Maction last night? Maction was great and it was peak Maction, right? You've got, I think at one point there was like a scoop and score, a pick six followed by a missed extra point. Like this was peak Maction. One kid, I think for Ohio, he had a 45 yard field goal attempt that almost hit the pylon in the back left of the end zone. That was the farthest left I've ever seen a field goal attempt in my life, dude. I love Maction. The game on CBS Sports Network saw a 300-pound defensive lineman from London, England, have a scoop and the longest 30-yard run I've ever seen afterward because he was so slow. You see the ref just, like, turn around slowly and just start his jog with the D lineman. Um, we saw that. We saw huge hits. We saw Ball State with the game tied and the ball at, like, their 30 driving. The worst interception I've ever seen thrown. Um, and then we saw Miami, instead of just kneeling it out to kick the field goal from the one-yard line, punch it into the end zone. Um, <laughs> Did they like really? Three running, like, right into the line. Like, <laughs> timeout. Like, run it, timeout. Run it, timeout. Run it. And then he bounced in. Like, it was just the, the announcers are like, you just kneel it here. You ask the kicker where he wants. Why are you – why are you – like, there could be a fumble on this. And there had been multiple fumbles in the game, too. Like, uh, Maxion, baby. It's so good. It's so good. I love it. Um, yeah, BYU-Boise State's going to be fun just because of that blue turf. It's going to be a great game. Uh, make sure you clock in. Watch that one. It's late. You're going to want a little coffee, a little energy drink. And suit up. Watch that game. Zach Wilson, how do you think he's going to do in that game? Zach Wilson's going to put a stamp on his Heisman campaign. He's going to throw for uh, about 150 yards, but he's going to run for about six or 700 yards. 750-yard performance, just two touchdowns. Not a big touchdown day for him. They'll give it off at the goal line. But, uh, no, I think he'll be really good. Boise State looks decent, but they're not, like, unbeatable. And he's Wilson's been really good. So, I think if you have FS1, if you've got time on Friday night during the pandemic, just log in, watch that game. I think Zach Wilson's good. And uh, I guess they, I'm imagining they don't have a full crowd at the blue turf, so it won't be quite the same. Who do you got winning it? I'll take BYU. BYU's minus 150. I like those odds. Yeah, I, I think those are the really good odds. Boise State's quarterback, starting quarterback, missed the, the previous game with a COVID test. So I don't know his availability against BYU. Uh, the backup, Jack Sears, I think he's a USC transfer, pretty good player too. So, Did I cover a Boise State game? <laughs> I don't know, because I'm the one rattling off Boise facts. Well, I remember Jack Sears. You've been quiet over there. <laughs> 
They might have, right? Because it was, it was probably Mountain West last week. Yeah, it was. And um, he balled out against Air Force. Like He was good. Um, I don't think it was a COVID test because they just said that he – I think it was an injury. So he might be starting again this week. I thought it was – I thought it was undisclosed, though, like leading to believe it was COVID. But aren't the rules – but aren't the rules now, like if it's COVID, you have to say it? No, you can't. It's like, unless the player gives you permission, it's a HIPAA violation to say their name with the COVID test. Okay. Interesting. All right. So maybe it was COVID, but I just know Jack Sears balled out and like, I would start him this week because he, he had a couple dots in that game. <laughs> he is a good player. Well, that's an exciting game that I didn't know was happening until now. I wonder who's, who, what, <clears throat> what channel that's on. FS1. Damn it. I wanted that on CBS yeah. Sports Network. No, 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 no. You, you're going to have to work like rodeo or something. <laughs> PBR. Um, <laughs> so my next question will be, with Trevor Lawrence out and DJ Ui Angalele, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Ukulele. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, do you think, <laughs> think, you think Clemson's beatable? Do you think there's there's a potential for an upset here against Notre Dame? Yeah, I like Notre Dame to win this one. Um, not because of Trevor Lawrence, but their defense for Clemson. They've got uh, D lineman, I think it was really good. He's out for the first half because of a targeting last week. They've got another D lineman or two who are out due to injury. They're missing a couple of linebackers as well. The defense is pretty decimated. Boston College put up 28 points. Granted, one of those was a fumble return for a touchdown. But they still, I think they took their first two offensive drives against Clemson and scored. Notre Dame, they're playing at home. They're a decent team on both sides of the ball. They need to execute a little better, but I think they're going to find a way to gut out the first meaningful win uh, for Notre Dame in, like, my existence as a human because they've been pretty pretty crappy in big games for the last, like, decade. Yeah, Chip Kelly's going to do it. He's going to finally uh, push them over the hump. I think yes. I think they'll meet up again in the, the conference title game, and I think Clemson's going to win by, like, three scores. Okay, when Trevor Lawrence is back and the team's kind of rolling. And they're healthy, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame's plus six, plus 180 on the money line. Feels like the lock of the century. Value. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I would put, take out your mortgage or whatever and and put it on this game. Yeah, last time you told me that, you know how it ended? No, I don't. Did I say mortgage for that? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first mortgage of the year. You make one bad college football bet. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it's a reputation. It wasn't just one. It wasn't just a bad one. It, it may have been one of the worst bets I've ever made in my life. <laughs> it was the BYU-Navy opening week game, and I felt good about the triple option. I did not know they hadn't been tackling all offseason. <laughs> and what was it, like 55-3, to three, BYU beat them? In hindsight, BYU would have been the play. <laughs> BYU's pretty good. <laughs> but in the moment... I thought the triple option was gonna gonna really give them fits, and it didn't. Yeah. Do you have another question? Do you want to jump into our Shantwell special? I do have one more quick one. I want you to either power rank or just give me your general thoughts on the best days of the week for football. So, like, you got Monday night football. Obviously, Sunday's the NFL. Saturday's college. Friday, though, you do also get random college. Thursday, you get random college, and then like Tuesday, Wednesday is typically reserved for action. <laughs> Okay, so number one, Sunday. <laughs> okay. Number two's Monday. Really? Number three, Saturday. Wow. Number four is Thursday. Number five is Friday. 
No, retract. Number five is Maction. Yeah. And number six is Friday. With the random Friday games. That's fair. I, I'm, an, I'm an NFL guy through and through, so that's why number one and two have to be Sunday to Monday. Um, but granted, I will say, like, I would prefer a marquee college football matchup over Cowboys-Eagles on Monday night football type of thing. I know they're on Sunday night, but, like, yeah. a trash NFL matchup, I'd prefer a, a Saturday marquee 3 p.m. But, see, there's just no – this this Clemson Notre Dame game kind of feels like the first marquee matchup where it's two evenly matched teams for the most part that we've had all season. Like looking back, Alabama Georgia was that marquee matchup, but then Alabama just like destroyed Georgia in the second half. Like we thought LSU was going to have at least like one or two marquee matchups, and Bo Pelini has decided to run a terrible defense for LSU, and they are terrible, and they benched Miles Brennan for TJ Finley. Like, huh. They're not good. Yeah, it's it's an interesting ranking. Typically with like full crowds, I think college might get one for me with, with Sunday right after and then Monday and, and Thursday mixed in. I do really enjoy uh, the NFL and it's growing on me a lot just because the level of play is so consistent, especially without crowds, without that atmosphere. You watch some of these college games and you're like, what in the world are these kids doing? And then you watch an NFL game. Even the bad teams can execute for the most part. And if you've got two above average teams, it's very watchable. It tends to be close. Like, there's not this huge mismatch. Like, if you have a 30-point NFL blowout, that's shocking. Uh, in college, that happens quite a bit. Yeah, like, you scroll through college spreads, and it's typical for a Clemson spread to be minus 42. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> exactly. nine times out of ten, they're covering that. Right, exactly. So, it's it's just different. But with the atmospheres, the upsets, I do really enjoy that. This year, though, with the, like, tiny baby crowds, it's, it's not quite doing the same for me. I understand that. You want to dive into the Shantwell specials? Yeah, the Shantwell special. So Shantwell is this famous Las Vegas better <laughs> and uh, that I made up to convince Jack to bet on the Seahawks. I don't even remember his first name, to be honest with you. Jeremy, Jeremy Shantwell. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Jeremy, there we go. Yeah, so uh, we're just going to give some what are we, what are these are our, our locks of the week basically like these are these are good value plays. I don't think these are ours. I was going to say these are these yours. Are these are okay, yeah. Bennett okay. and Shantwell, and then I was going to kind of react to that because that's okay. kind of how our tech we're, we're essentially for all of our listeners and watchers out there we're essentially taking our text conversations about betting. When Bennett texts me on Saturday, here are my locks. That's what we're trying to do now and kind of sprinkle in some reaction and some trying to talk him out. I have a feeling Notre Dame's going to be one of his locks over Clemson, which is an interesting one. He's picking the dog. Um, he'll probably throw in a couple more college football and he'll probably have some random NFL prop. Yeah, so this is interesting. <laughs> Chantwell, I was texting with him earlier in the week and he he loves the board, dude. He really feels good about this week's board. So let's start with BYU minus three over Boise State. Boise State, they have that uncertainty. They're playing on a blue field. That's a little weird. So I, <laughs> I yeah, their home turf weird. <laughs> they're not going to feel comfortable there. So I like BYU minus three. Okay, I agree with that. I like that one. Okay, that's a lock. 
And then I go into the Liberty Virginia Tech game. Liberty is such a good football team. This is a team that absolutely loves to compete. And I like Virginia Tech minus 14 and a half. I think the Hokies are going to beat the living crap out of them. Liberty's schedule is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. If you make this bet, you get to root against Liberty, which feels fun. Uh, I think that's the play for sure. You like the points, not the money line? Like, I think Virginia Tech. I love the points. You love the points. Love the points. It started at 19 and it's sliding down, which makes no sense to me. Liberty is not that good. Well, that means the money's on Liberty. Yeah. I think fade that. Like, that's moved five points. I think that's a massive overcorrection. I think stay patient, but I think Virginia Tech is going to end up being the right play there for sure. Okay, I I disagree. I like Liberty plus 14 and a half, but I like Virginia Tech to win. All right, now a little NFL action here. Um, Obviously, anytime you get a Russell Wilson game, I like to fade them. So Bill's money line's an easy one. That's me, that's not Shanwell. That's just me personally. I think Russell Wilson's a guy that is uh, drastically overrated by the media, uh, by Seahawks fans. He reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins. Um, who plays in sort of a, a good system with Pete Carroll. If you put Kirk Cousins in the Pete Carroll system, I would think he'd probably have two or three rings by now. So kind of a mistake in the draft by the Seahawks, in my opinion. Um, away, <laughs> away from that, I love, I love the New York Giants money line against Washington. On the road, this is a team that's outplaying its performance. The issue is Daniel Jones stinks. But aside from the quarterback play, aside from that, I really like the Giants to pull the upset here. Aside from the one position that touches the ball every offensive snap, this team's great. I just just feel good about it. I don't know what it is. But yeah, I like them as the upset win there. And then I also think Pittsburgh minus 14 against Dallas. Love that. Love that line. Because Dallas has had the ability to weirdly hang in games against NFC East teams, but it's not a good football team. Pittsburgh is a very good football team. Regardless of who starts for the Cowboys at quarterback, it's going to be rough. They're going to turn the ball over. I think the Steelers win that by at least three scores. So minus 14 of the Steelers, I'm taking that. Damn, okay. So is I, that large spread scares me, but the Cowboys are, are, I don't know how I said that. How many weeks have we had? Eight weeks? Eight games for them. The Cowboys are 0-8 against the spread this season. They are horrible. I think that continues, especially with Pittsburgh. They got Big Ben at quarterback, and uh, he's feeling good. He's feeling confident. Chase Claypool is a guy that can go off for about six or seven touchdowns a game. Yeah, and this and this Steelers defense is going to feast on the Cowboys. I mean, we have seen zero offensive production. Like, I would not be surprised if this is like a 28-0, 35-0 blowout. Like, the Cowboys offense hasn't scored a touchdown since Andy Dalton's final drive against the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, my I logic think is I think that's my Steelers, my Steelers. I think the Steelers can get to 30. I'm a Steelers fan now. They're undefeated. <laughs> I think they can <laughs> they can get to 30 points, and I have kind of a hard time seeing Dallas getting to like 10, and that still gives you like a six-point buffer. Um, so I think there's a there's a good chance there. The big spread for for NFL games is certainly scary, but I think there's some value there. I think the, the Cowboys are significantly worse than people think. And yeah, I like the Giants to win, and I think all my bets are locked. So Chantwell agrees, and we both go. 
Yeah, to wrap up then this episode of Lightning Round and the Shantwell special, if you put money on BYU minus three, Virginia Tech minus 14 and a half, this is all through DraftKings, not sponsored, just they're my sports book of choice. New York Giants money line at plus 115 and Steelers at minus 13 and a half. You get two both college footballs, you get two NFLs. Your odds are plus 1421, meaning if you bet $100 Roonies, you make $1,421. If you bet $10 Roonies, you're making $142. So do with that what you will. Um, I like that though. I would, I might, I may throw a five spot down on this one for the weekend. Yeah, I think the cool part about this special is that Jack will parlay those, and <laughs> he has to, he has to put a hundred bucks, hundred bucks on it. Uh, just part of the Shantwell special, and that's how this segment's gonna work. If it doesn't hit, that's on me. Hurts your wallet, but it's on me, and I take the blame. And uh, if it, if it hits, good for you. Perfect. Okay. That's great value though. I would, that's something, if you're a better out there, you have that opportunity to get that value, get in on it now. Steelers 13 and a half. Love that. This is something that Shantwell said he would bet his life on this parlay. At Chase Kitty. We'll hit him up on Twitter and see how he feels about this one. For Bennett Conlon, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy betting. And we'll see if Clemson can hold off Notre Dame. Surprised that one wasn't in the Shantwell special. Bennett loves that. Mortgage your house. Notre Dame plus 180. He loves the dogs in that one. Y'all want to press your day. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.